Hi, my name is Brooke Archer, a qualified clinical nutritionist and naturopath who's passionate about showing people how they can live their happiest and healthiest lives. Through my business Evolve Nutrition and Naturopathy, I've helped hundreds of women, men and children listen to their bodies and elevate their health. Join me and my expert guests as we share all there is to know to evolve your health and live your best life. So get comfortable and get ready to learn. This is the Evolved Health Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Evolved Health Podcast. Today I'm excited to be talking to you about something that I think so many of my clients, my friends, people that I bump into in the street always asking me questions about because it is something that I think from time to time we've all struggled with. But today's topic is the five things that are inhibiting your weight loss. So I know that this can be an issue for many and I'm excited to get into today's episode. So without further ado, let's chat. Weight loss, most of us want it, right? (laughs) Particularly as we age, we have an ideal of the body shape or size that we want to be. Maybe it's pre-kids or what we look like in our 20s or even when we were at our fittest. Whatever the image is that we have, it can be hard to let go of or, more importantly, to alter it in our minds. We get so latched on to that ideal that we have that altering it almost becomes impossible. For many reasons, weight loss can be a healthy thing to strive for if there is a need for it, and if it's done in a healthy way. I'm not trying to steer you away from your goals here, but maybe we just have to take a look at if that ideal that we have needs to be tweaked a little bit to fit in with our lives now. Because let's face it, we can't turn back the clock, and maybe there is a new ideal that's even fitter, healthier, or stronger that we can achieve. Weight loss can be beneficial though if you are combating conditions such as obesity, improving fertility or hormonal conditions, reducing your risk of cardiovascular disease, of diabetes and so much more. If you are overweight, that is. We have a real problem in our population being overweight or obese. It's put us at a higher risk for so many morbidity factors and put significant strain on our medical system. Approximately 13% of the global population is classed as obese and 39% are actually overweight. But closer to home here in Australia, almost a third of our population is obese. So some intervention is definitely required for that portion of the population to improve their health, but a quick fix is only wasted money in my view. And weight loss is big business. It makes big bucks for those that are trying to sell their surefire program, their shakes or powders and those magic pills. The global diet and weight loss industry was worth a staggering 470 billion US dollars in 2021 and it's estimated to grow by a further 200 billion 
by 2027. And yet, with all that money and time invested in losing weight on the next fad or product, they have a 95% failure rate. 95%. So much wasted money without the desired outcome. The marketing for these products is also big business, using celebrities and now influencers to sell you that ideal, touting that it's all possible if you just try whatever the latest trendy supplement, powder or pill or program is. Am I right? (laughs) And it's not that everyone won't see results from these weight loss methods. Heck, even my clients don't always get the results they want immediately because they can have unhealthy expectations. Even given a plan, we all like to deviate or alter it, right? Real weight loss takes time to undo the wrongs, the history of jumping between diets, the misinformation we've been fed, etc., etc. And in order for weight loss to be sustainable, to be permanent, it takes work, not a quick and easy pill. So often I hear from my clients or even friends that they are so frustrated they can't lose the weight. They're doing all the right things, you know, you're exercising, eating those salads for lunch every day, I mean boring, even skipping meals so you aren't eating too much. Or you've tried every diet under the sun and you might lose a little weight only to stack it back on and you feel like you're a yo-yo going up and down and up and down on the scales. Sound familiar? It's frustrating. I get it. Your body weight results from a few factors though and not all of them you can control. Not only can increased weight be a result of poor nutritional choices and overeating, but it can also be a result of your metabolism, your DNA, your lifestyle and your environment. It's supposed to be as easy as calories in versus calories out, right? Wrong. That's not always the full picture. Yes, if you kill yourself on the treadmill and eat leaves all day, you'll be in an energy deficit. Hands up, who'd actually enjoy that lifestyle though? In an ideal world, when your body is in an energy deficit, it is then supposed to turn to burning your fat stores as its energy source, melting away the kilos. But for most of you, this is not sustainable or healthy. And as soon as you stop eating the leaves, or pounding out hours on the treadmill, the weight creeps back on. You shouldn't have to make yourself feel flat, fatigued, and hungry for weight loss. Today I want to take a look at the things that might be stopping you from losing the weight that you want to, or that would improve your health. These are the things that no matter how many salads you eat, or hours you attend the gym, You just can't lose the weight. Why? Why is that? Well, I want to talk about the five things that might be inhibiting you or your body more specifically from releasing that weight. 
So what are the things that can block you from losing weight? The first one is gut health. You all know I love to chat about gut health, but who'd have thought that those little bugs in your belly can actually negatively affect your weight loss efforts? Well, they can. You see, the microbiome and all the species that make it up are responsible for helping you to digest your food and absorb essential nutrients in your intestines. The bacteria that are responsible for taking advantage of the nutrients found in the foods that you eat and how you break down the fibre and starches in particular from those foods into sugar for energy and other things. Importantly, it's about how quickly your body does this. Those little bugs can impact your weight loss by looking at how fast they're breaking these things down and how well you can actually take those nutrients from your food. So making sure that your microbiome is balanced and packed full of the good guys, shall we call them, <laughs> can actually aid in your weight loss goals. One of the easiest ways to improve your gut health is by eating enough fiber-rich plant-based whole foods. Now the next thing is hormones and it's not just about the women here but it is mostly. Sorry guys, if any of you ladies or men have a hormone imbalance, so things like an estrogen dominance or you may have hormonal conditions like polycystic ovarian syndrome which we know as PCOS, thyroid conditions like hypothyroidism, pituitary conditions, cortisol, which I'll talk more specifically about in a sec, leptin and prolactin irregularities, and even insulin resistance. These can all impact your weight and weight loss efforts. The best thing to do if you suspect that hormones may be inhibiting your weight loss is to get your practitioner to test them. Without clear bloods, when we're talking about hormones, it's really a guessing game. So you want to make sure that you work with a practitioner that can actually find out the specifics to know whether these are impacting your weight loss. Thirdly, we have another of my favourite topics being food intolerances, sensitivities and allergies. Let's call them food sensitivities for the purpose of this episode because that can cover allergies and intolerances as well. Now, as you may know, food sensitivities create a lot of irritation and inflammation in the gut and throughout the body. It's this inflammation and the impact that it has on the other body systems and mechanisms that can impact your weight loss. Imagine for this demonstration a piece of bread that you are sensitive to. You rub that bread up against the lining of your gut and it's going to cause an angry, irritated, inflamed surface that is then unable to absorb the nutrients and vitamins that are required for your body to release weight. It will also mean that it will impact that gut microbiome and resist weight loss again. And so on, and so on. <laughs> Once clients investigate and avoid foods that are sensitive to them individually, 
you can really see weight loss start to occur because the inflammatory aggravant is being removed. Check out my podcast episode, Food Intolerance and Allergies, if you want some more information, um, if you might think that this could be your why and what to do. Medications is the next one. I see a lot of clients that want to lose weight and when it comes to their why, what's actually causing them to not be able to budge the weight? It's frustrating that it's their medication or combination of their medications that can be inhibiting them. Any time you're prescribed a medication, it comes with information that includes the side effect. Weight gain is often listed as for a variety of medicines, but we pay little attention to these. Medicines like painkillers, antidepressants, anxiety medication, antipsychotic meds, some oral contraceptive pills, corticosteroids, antihistamines, beta blockers, epilepsy medication, and insulin or diabetes medications. These can all impact your weight. That's a lot of them, right? <laughs> Generally, these medicines can prevent weight loss by altering your appetite, fluid retention, your hunger signaling, glucose regulation, and your metabolism. Now, you need to talk to your doctor if you think that this is an issue for you. Potentially, there might be an alternative that could be as effective as your medication without this particular side effect. But sometimes it's about combating and complementing the medication that you're on because many of us can't change those factors. That's something that you need to work with your doctor about. And lastly, but definitely not least on this list that I have for you is stress. Stress can be a negative effect on your gut health, like I mentioned before, but it also can alter your hormones. The specific hormone that will impact your weight as a result of long persistent stress is cortisol. Now, I've mentioned cortisol probably a few times on the podcast in relation to other topics, and I have posts about it over on my blog if you want to check that out. But cortisol is the hormone that I see contributing to many of my clients' weight resistance issues. To briefly describe the basics of cortisol, it is one of the hormones released when you are stressed, and particularly in that flight or fight response, in order to get your body up and moving quickly, ready to run away from that immediate danger. The only issue that we have in our modern times is that our bodies can't distinguish between the stress of a saber-toothed tiger chasing us or the stress of knowing um, how we're going to pay the bills or be in two places at once or meet that work deadline. Our body just registers stress. And while we need a certain amount of cortisol, our circulating levels are increased with stress and over a prolonged period of time, those levels stay high with excess amounts needing somewhere to go. Our body thinks it's doing the right thing and will store it for later, you know, just in case. But it's mostly stored in our adiposal tissue, better known as our body fat. 
the excess cortisol also stimulates glucose production that gets turned into fat as well and generally gets stored in the abdominal area. Thanks, stress. Great, right? <laughs> Unless you deal with stress and the excess cortisol, your body is just going to plant its feet in the sand, so to speak, and not budge. So you really need to work with a practitioner or look at managing your stress in a better way and look at how you can deal with that cortisol to benefit your weight loss goals. Do any of these feel like they might ring true for you? It's not just about the food you put in your mouth, is it? There can most definitely be other things at play that you want to address in order to kickstart your weight loss. So what can you do to help overcome some of these hurdles that could be contributing to you being resistant to weight loss? Investigate. Like I mentioned before, with your doctor or practitioner like myself, a naturopath or nutritionist, someone that can do functional testing to identify those possible influencing factors. Conditions like thyroid disease, digestive diseases, hormonal imbalances, gut health issues, glucose or insulin sensitivities, food allergies or sensitivities, the list goes on. But get it checked out because for all your good intentions, exercise, let's say, can't overcome faulty body functioning. Next, eat food. That's right. You need to eat and not skip meals or eat like a bird in order to lose weight. Many of you know that I run cleanse programs that a lot of participants use to kickstart their weight loss journey, though it's not the only focus of it. And they all are amazed at how much food they are encouraged to eat, enough to sustain their body's needs, and they actually lose the weight. It goes against everything we're told, right? But your body needs to eat to allow it to release the unwanted weight. Otherwise, it quickly believes that there is a famine or you are suddenly starved and it will resist releasing weight. Remember the energy deficit you created earlier? Well, with prolonged calorie deprivation, your metabolism is reduced, making your body less effective at burning calories in an effort to preserve it as its energy source. So eat. Also, you need to look at your food frequency. Are you grazing all day, eating only two big meals, which feels unbalanced? It's something to consider might be to look at eating smaller, more regular meals that can help to regulate your blood sugar. Avoid food triggers. They'll cause inflammation, basically. Get this checked out and look at eliminating the suspected food item to see if it is the culprit. So many people are walking around out there not aware of the impact certain foods have on their health or maybe they are aware, but it's all too hard. Realistically, this can be the easiest one to correct because there's lots of alternatives out there, so you never have to feel like you're missing out on certain foods. Next, make your food choices healthy whole foods with variety. With the exception of refined sugar here, avoid that wherever possible. 
It's a ticket to inflammation, spiking your blood sugars and decreasing gut health, among other things. But make those food choices healthy whole foods. You really can't go wrong with them. And move your body. It doesn't have to include a treadmill or a gym, but it can be a little more low-key. Things such as walking, riding, yoga, pilates, swimming, or even dance. No matter all the claims the celebrities or influencers are spruiking or the promises the pills make, true weight loss is achieved by managing your energy intake, not too little and not too much, and adhering to one or more of these principles. Number one, be selective with your carbs and fats. Now let me clarify. This one is referring to reducing the poor quality carbohydrates that act as fillers in your diet and offer no nutritional value. Things like breads and pastas. And also the unhealthy fats like highly processed vegetable oils. I'm not referring to those healthy carbs in vegetables and fruits or whole grains with beneficial fibre that I encourage you to eat. And definitely not the healthy fats that can actually be beneficial in weight loss. Number two, manage serving sizes. No, you don't have to go hungry. As I said, you need to eat, but your plate shouldn't be piled up and overloaded because you're starving from skipping meals during the day. There's no balance in that. Portion control is not starvation. It's about meeting your body's needs and not exceeding that on a regular basis. Number three, consider your eating frequency. As I mentioned before, this can take into account how often you are eating or not eating. Eating more regularly may in fact work better for you than missing meals or eating three big meals. You might also want to take a look at reducing the hours of the day that you're eating. You don't have to go as far as intermittent fasting, but late night mindless snacking can probably go. Number four, consider food choices and availability. We live in times where energy-dense foods, think, you know, those discretionary foods, or nutrient-poor food items are available to us 24-7. Heck, these days we don't even have to be lazy enough to jump in the car to go through the drive through They can be delivered right to your front door. There are no limitations to what we can access and when. So put some limitations on that. Consider eating seasonally. Quit the Uber deliveries and opt for healthy meal delivery services instead. Visit the supermarket less and instead hit up your local grocer or farmer's market. And finally, there's adherence. Unless your chosen principles from those that I've just mentioned here are achievable over a longer period of time, it's unlikely that you'll be successful. I'm sorry, but that's the hard truth. No extreme diets or magic pills for a quick fix are going to give you sustainable weight loss. Okay, (laughs) it was a lot, I know. I hope you've found this information helpful and possibly even a little thought-provoking. Maybe there has been something that I've shared that's made you think about 
what could possibly be influencing your ability to lose the weight that you were striving for? I often talk to my clients about one or more of these factors that could be the why to them not being able to shift the weight. And hopefully it starts you on the path to getting the results that you desire. If you need my assistance, I'd be happy to work with you. If you head to my website and click on the Work With Me tab, you can book in there. Now, a little bit of news uh, I have to share with you just to finish the show today. This will be the last episode in Season 1 of the Evolved Health Podcast. I'm going to be taking the week off next week to set up some new episodes, basically, that will then resume again the following week. As always... I appreciate the feedback on how much you are loving the information that I'm sharing. So we will chat again soon, but there won't be a show next week. Thanks everyone for listening and as always, take care. You have been listening to the Evolved Health Podcast with your host, Brooke Archer. You can find me on your socials at Evolved Nutrition or go to my website evolvenutrition.com.au to work with me, check out my programs, delicious recipes and so much more. Thanks for listening.